Welcome to Celtic Legacy. I'm your host, T.M. Moore. The church has its problems in every age, and in every age it needs wise and faithful shepherds to lead the flocks to the flush fields and still waters of the presence of Jesus, our good shepherd. When Columbanus, who died in 615 A.D., arrived in Gaul, or France, he was dismayed by the sad state of the churches there, and even more by the complacent and irresponsible clergy who cared only for their own place in society. Well, what to do? Columbanus decided to write to their boss, their boss, not his, the Bishop of Rome. In the excerpt from his letter to Pope Boniface, Columbanus is straightforward and biblical, and because he practiced what he preached, those who flocked to him from all over Gaul flourished in the faith and the gospel, lending no little clout to his advice. In this edition of Celtic Legacy, we'll analyze a portion of that letter to Pope Boniface, here translated by G.S.M. Walker in his collection of the writings of Columbanus, Sancti Columbani Opera. Watch, therefore, for the church's peace. Succor your sheep, who already tremble at what seems terrors of the wolves, and who also fear yourselves with too much trembling as they are driven into various folds. Thus they are in doubt, partly coming but partly going, and as they come so they return and are ever in fear. Then use, dear Pope, the call and known voice of the true shepherd, and stand between sheep and wolves, so that shedding their fear, they may then first fully acknowledge you as shepherd. For the people that I see, though it maintains many heretics, is zealous and quickly troubled like a trembling flock, and so is not quickly pacified, since Italy has so many wolves whose cubs can scarcely all be exterminated, while indeed so many have been reared at home. But may God destroy such a progeny and nourish his flock and fight with you, do fulfill your pastoral duty with all vigilance, standing on your guard day and night, that you may see that almond staff which afterwards you may deserve to see in the shape of a crook at the time of the gathering of the first fruits. Therefore, that you may not lack apostolic honor, maintain the apostolic faith, establish it by testimony, strengthen it by writing, defend it by a synod that none may lawfully resist you. Do not despise a foreigner's word of counsel as being the teacher of him who is zealous for your sake. The world is already in its latter days. The chief of shepherds hastens. Beware, lest he find you heedless and striking your fellow servants with the blows of a bad example in eating and drinking with the drunken, lest carelessness receive the consequent reward. For he who disregards shall be disregarded. It is not enough for you who have undertaken responsibility for many, to be careful for yourself, for to whom more is entrusted, from him more will be demanded. This excerpt is an example of the extraordinary courage and conviction of Columbanus, the greatest of the Irish Peregrini, as he conducted his ministry within the Roman Catholic lands of Gaul early in the 7th century. Columbanus and his companions were shocked, but not surprised, by what they observed of the state of the church and the followers of Jesus in Gaul. And they were not content simply to leave well enough alone and allow heretics, clerical delinquents, and royal hypocrites to terrorize the flocks of the Lord. We note first that Columbanus wrote to the Pope as a counselor, not a subject. 
The Irish did not regard themselves as accountable to the Pope in Rome, although they did not question his authority to oversee the churches that submitted to his pastoral governance. In other letters to Boniface and Gregory, Columbanus described the state of the church and the clergy to the pontiffs and gave them the benefit of the doubt regarding the deplorable conditions in Gaul. Apparently, they were not aware of how bad things were there. The people of God were set upon by wolves from within the flock of the Lord, false teachers, lazy and covetous priests, and irresponsible bishops who had no concern for the kingdom of God, but only their own prosperity and peace. Such conditions were unacceptable to Columbanus. Even that part of the body of Christ which lay beyond the scope of his own authority and calling, and he spoke and wrote against them as part of his effort to bring renewal to the Roman church in Gaul. Columbanus is neither angry nor haughty in his approach to Boniface. He refers to himself early in the letter as a greenhorn and acknowledges that the Pope probably shouldn't even be listening to him, but he cannot hold back on what he has observed, and he merely calls the Pope to fulfill his duty as the over-shepherd of these fearful flocks. His tone is plaintive and hortatory. At the same time, he is direct and firm. We also note that Columbanus holds the Pope accountable to Scripture and to the chief shepherd of the flock, even our Lord Jesus Christ. His letters, like all his writings, are filled with references and allusions to God's Word. No church leader at any level is above the Word of God, and no one could be compelled to act or serve in any other way than what the Word reveals. He called on Boniface to speak the Word of Christ to the priests and bishops in Gaul, so that they would cease dominating the flocks of God with their wicked ways and begin to serve them as true shepherds. It is, he said, the Pope's pastoral duty to care for the sheep and not simply to maintain an ecclesiastical structure which, while loyal to him, does nothing to edify the church or its people. He will only be the true successor of the apostles, Columbanus writes, when he acts like them, teaching, testifying, writing, convening, and serving the church for the cause of truth and the gospel. This is sound advice and counsel for anyone engaged in the ministry of the word. Columbanus says he is zealous for Boniface to do his job. He neither challenges the Pope's authority nor questions the structure of the Roman Church. He's an outsider, as he calls himself, an outsider to this structure, however, but he sees no reason to submit to its authority except voluntarily as he can within the bounds of Scripture, which, of course, he refused to acknowledge in a letter to the bishops of Gaul who called him to a synod to convoke and to rebuke and to silence him. We see here the biblical and pastoral heart of these Irish pastors. They loved God's word. They loved his people, loved the truth, and they were not about to stand by when men of God were failing in their duty. The church today needs to hear the voices of such men calling us back to the word, to the true work of shepherding, and to seeking first the kingdom and the righteousness of God in all things. Visit our website, www.ilba.org, to discover the many fine resources and free resources for kingdom living that are available there. To learn more about the Celtic Revival and its enduring legacy, click the bookstore tab at our website and order a free copy of our book, The Legacy of Patrick. Join us next time on Celtic Legacy as we consider a strange miracle attributed to Colin Keela, the founder of the Iona community. 
Until then, for Celtic Legacy and the Fellowship of Ialba, this is T.M. Moore. Thank you.